welcome to Sandlot Sports. I am Adam Capison. I'm happy. I'm here with a very, very happy Dorian Cody. Yes, I am. And BJ Thomas. <laughs> uh, fuck to you. <laughs> Dorian, would you like to tell the people at home why you're happy? And there's multiple reasons, but let's just start with a sports-related reason. Yeah, let's do sports. <laughs> um, um, the Miami Hurricanes are in the Final Four. Oh, um, uh, uh, football, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bigger joke than the basketball team making it. <laughs> look, 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 I'll ride with the basketball team. Honestly, um, like the whole year, Miami basketball has been solid. Like they, they had some key win, wins. Um, I think in my bracket, I think I picked them to make it to the elite eight action. I had four. them going to the lead eight and I had them losing. I, I think who I had Purdue. them losing to. No, but I, I think I, I had moved to Purdue. I thought. I think. Okay, was. so we'll we'll get we we yeah. haven't done the tournament and like at all. So we'll get to that. But yeah, I had um, Miami going out in the Elite Eight mm-hmm. um, to I think Texas, ironically. So I, yeah, I think one of the two. Yeah. So um, and also too, I want to give props to Jim Laranaga, right? Great coach, I by the way. He, yeah, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. He took Miami, and then from there he took a George Mason to the Final Four. George Mason to the so, final four. So I, yeah, I see do. the funny the funny thing is is people would say hurricane basketball just like you said George Mason until this the past couple of years. Yeah. Miami's yeah. not a basketball school. Not at all. Jimmy Graham might be the most famous Miami basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. yeah so so yeah. I, I do want your guys' opinion on something. So again, like I said, we we didn't we haven't done the tournament since it started because of randomness. Um when we were growing up. Upsets happened. 13s would beat fours. 12s would almost always beat fives. It was very rare that a 15 would beat a two. And it would be like when um, Steve Nash played for Santa Clara or uh, the the guy that broke his leg at Cincinnati. um, Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. You know, they were a number two in record only, but not they were not really number two. So weird things would happen. But now number twos seem to be dropping almost every tournament. Um, I want to say this is the third year in a row since COVID that a 15 has made the sweet 16 and a couple of 16s have, have, have done well. Um, BJ, I I know you're kind of doing the money sign for NIL, but I don't think it's just that. It's spread the talent out across the country. So you're not having, you know, if a guy can, if they can pay, if one team, if, if Wichita state can pay a guy more than Miami can pay, pay them to be the fourth option why wouldn't you go yeah yeah also too i like the fact that we're teams like it, it seems as if teams are more even now yeah. like you can't pick duke to be a clear-cut favorite anymore because you got the from the virginia techs to the kansas states to the fau's that are now coming in and being able to uh, compete on a high level so I like well, I, and I, I think I think there's a lot to that. Not only is it NIL, not only is it transfer portal, but look at these teams that are winning. You look at the teams in the Final Four. They are teams. Mm-hmm. They are upperclassmen-led teams. Mm-hmm. And what's been the big thing in college basketball the past 15 years has finally caught up to these schools. One and done. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I think I think I think we're all right. I think the talent has been dispersed a lot more. And teams are staying together a lot longer, developing chemistry. 
you guys know better than I do that basketball is a chemistry game. Mm-hmm. And if you've got upperclassmen together, you know, they've been playing together for a while and it shows. Absolutely. Um, also, too, I think um, from from watching the, the the tournament, like you have a lot of players who are more keen to I'm seeing a lot more. Well, you know, I'm just put out there. I see a lot more better basketball being played on a college level right now than in the NBA. Oh, 100 percent. You know, cut, you know, screens, uh, backdoor cuts like I'm starting to like appreciate college basketball because at first with the one and done college basketball was starting to have that NBA feel but I think this tournament kind of for me revived that hey you know what I think I can start watching college well, basketball again. selfish will still get you sent to the bench in college basketball that yeah. doesn't happen in the NBA right so yeah, here, here here's a stat for you so in the sweet 16 Texas played Xavier okay Texas beat Xavier 83 to 71 Texas shot t- seven for 12 from threes that's a quarter in the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not Texas's game. Their game is get good shots, make good shots, play defense. Yeah. And to your point, Dorian, that's a better team game to watch. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't a fluke. Xavier was 7 for 17 in that same game. Mm-hmm. So they're not just jacking threes up like they are in the NBA. Right. So how does that change, though? You know, how, how, what, what do you think uh, the transition should happen in the NBA for it to become more I, enjoyable to watch? I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I don't know how you put that toothpaste back in the tube. I you really got, don't. You got gen, two or three generations of players that are trained to shoot three-pointers now. Yeah. Mm. Now, so, but if shooting three-pointers coming out of a uh, – a led offense, like they say, if you're running a play and three-pointer comes out of the play, that's one thing. That's acceptable. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Right. So Coming down the court and jacking it up from a step inside the logo is completely different. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, if, so I say this. So is Steph Curry a gift and a curse to the NBA? Yes. I don't know. I don't blame Steph Curry for any of it because he worked to be that good. The rest mm. of these guys aren't. Well, no, I but I see Dorian's logic. Curry no, is yeah, the, yeah, but that's that's people overvaluing their talent, talent, and in um not analyzing their talent properly. He's a once in a generation player. I put it on the other guys who think that they they have that ability okay. and don't. I, I'm going to say this to Mr. Young in Atlanta, Trey. You are not Steph Curry. Never will stop be. trying to act, trying to act like it. It's not going to work. Be. No, never will be, and nobody will. Right, nobody. He, will. I, you know, I don't like saying this, but he's. I'm not going to compare him to anybody because he's not that person. But he's just a once in a generation kind of player. Absolutely. Absolutely. You see that that video of Kobe guarding him, like shutting him down full court, him losing the ball, tripping, turning around, pulling up a yeah. Kobe's face, uh-huh. like 29 feet away. Yeah. Who the hell else is going to do that? No yeah. one. <laughs> no one. Yeah. No one. Yeah. Kobe so, knew so, that. Yeah. Kobe knew that. Kobe yeah. patted him on the butt on the way back down the court. Like, hey, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, you earned that. Yeah, you earned that one. Because you're not you're not getting around Kobe. I don't put any blame on Steph because he can do it. Right. It's the ones that think they can. They right. can't. I blame so, them. So do you blame coaches too? Because it's the coach's job to say, hey, you're not that guy. Stop it. 
I don't know how much control the, the your average NBA coach has anymore. Well, and l- l- let me follow that up with a question. Name five quality NBA head coaches. Hey, I'm putting Mike Brown on that list. What he's yeah. done okay. in Sacramento, like yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yep. Mike Brown. Maybe that's pop. what Dorian was the past couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we yeah, gave no, him money. Um, I got to put Mike Brown on that list right now. Yeah, Mike Brown, Pop. You know, Pop's proven. Uh, Eric Spolster, um, Budenholzer. Who's who's coaching the Nets right now? Because he's got them turned around with no KD, no Ben Jacques Simmons, Vaughn. and no oh, Curry. Jacques yeah, Jacques, Jacques Vaughn's got um, Bridges looking like a monster. Yeah, Jacques Vaughn, Monty Williams. Yeah. Monty Williams? Yeah. Um, outside of that, I don't, Steve Kerr, I mean. Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I'm not going to put Kerr in that in bracket. Just okay, yet. I think we talked about this before. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah, Kerr has done well with that roster, right. but putting Kerr in that bracket is like putting um, John Gruden in that same bracket. Incorrect. John Gruden only won one title. True. So, no, that's not the same. Steve Kerr has been able to replicate his success and keep that team stacked and keep them relevant. John Gruden fell off after that Super Bowl with Dungy's right. talent, where Steve Kerr has been able to maintain the momentum well after that coaching switch and uh, inheritance of talent. Right. That's fair. But is Steve Kerr, it, should he be credited to be able to keep those personalities together and keep them in check to win championships? Absolutely, because okay. Draymond Green's a nutcase. Yeah. If you want, if you give Phil Jackson credit for running the Bulls, you have to give Steve Kerr credit for running the Warriors. Fair enough. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Fair enough. And Chuck Daly for the Pistons. Oh, yeah. He was able to keep those guys together. <laughs> I don't see how he's able to win those back-to-back championships. Knowing at any given moment, Bill and Beer is like a play away from getting ejected out of the NBA for the entire season. Did you no. ever wonder if there's more personality stories involved with the San Antonio Spurs than we've heard about? I think so. Oh, the 100%. I think, I think Tim Duncan was probably a pretty level-headed guy, but Ginobili's Argentinian. Parker's yeah. from France. Like, yeah. some passionate people. Well, Steven Jackson on this podcast. Stereotypes, my favorite. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, he talked about in practice how, like, he would, he would get in scuffles with Ginobili because he would, like, D him up. And he felt as if from an organizational standpoint, they were like, hey, even though Steven Jackson is busting Manny Ginobili's ass, we're still going to start uh, Manny Ginobili. Now, this is his side of the story. And he said in practice, like, he said they would tell me, you know, get in his ass. So he felt as if, hey, I'm I'm part of the reason why Ginobili is Ginobili because we would go at it every day in practice. We made each other better. Because he said if it wasn't for him going against Ginobili with the Spurs, he wouldn't have been Steve Captain Jack when he was with the Golden State Warriors. So it's pretty cool here. Yeah. So, I, I do want to touch on something that BJ kind of glossed over. So the media as a whole, and I don't know if we count as the media or not, but the media as a whole is not giving Mike Brown enough credit for what he's done in Sacramento. Okay. That team was a dumpster te- fire. Team's been terrible for a decade, two, yeah. fifteen Six, years. Have not made the playoffs in sixteen years. Yeah, they've been terrible. And now they're the third seed. Yeah. You know, Pat Riley deals a lot of bullshit too. Yeah, he did. Deals yeah, he was- with or just deals. I don't know. He managed to <laughs> hold on to Oakley for a while. Yeah. 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 Um, but even too, even as um, even as a GM or, or a president with the Heat, I mean, he had to deal. He had to deal with 
LeBron and his antics. And I think he's probably the only GM slash president, wherever he is, to tell LeBron no. And he also dealt with Shaq, a declining yep. Shaq, too. Yep. Which yeah. couldn't have been easy to take the ball out of his hands. Yep. 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 He dealt with the declining Shaq. Yeah, Shaq and, and Gary Payton on the team at the same time. Exactly. You're only allowed one nut job at a time. That's Mark Cuban's rule. Yep. And you had Antoine Walker and, mm-hmm. and White Chocolate on the team. So being able to get them focused to win a championship. Um, James Posey uh, was on the team. Alonzo Mourning. So imagine telling Alonzo, hey, you got to take the back seat to Shaq. You're his backup. Well, I mean, they could go into practice every day and Shaq and show him why he's the backup too. <laughs> yeah, so let's, just, let's be honest about that. <laughs> that is true. But, but yeah, but being able to manage those personalities and make them uh, allow them to see that, hey, you know what? There's one goal, and that's winning the championship. So I you, don't know if that had been so easy if Zoe hadn't gotten the kidney problems. I see you saying. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. Zoe had been able to manage his health and didn't have to sit out and didn't have to fight back, right. I don't know if that had been so easy. But with him having to come back and regain his body and uh, yeah. stamina and abilities – that might have made that easier for Pat to have that conversation. So, Not that he brought it up, but it might have been easier for Alonzo to accept it. So we're mm-hmm. saying that a good coach can overcome personalities and can overcome play styles to allow the team to gel and excel best beyond what their the capabilities are. Yes. So what the hell does that say about Jason Kidd? Oh. Um, I don't know. There are some things that are uh, impossible <laughs> to overcome. I, I believe somebody on this podcast said that that was not going to work. Ky- Kyrie and Luca were not going to work together. I, believe, I think two out of three of us said that. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you why I thought it was going to work. I really, I, I really thought that Kyrie was going to understand that, hey, this could potentially be your last stop. You're going to be able to figure out how to gel with Luca because I figured that he was able to do it with LeBron, him and Luca. Luca is not as, as like, uh, what's the word for LeBron? Le- LeBron is very strategic in how he wants things to the point where like he, he can either get you fired or get you promoted or whatever. Luca seems like a straight shooter. Hey man, let's just go out and play ball. But I think, I think it's above uh, Jason Kidd. I think it's Mark Cuban. I think Mark Cuban is like, hey, you know, do whatever you can to make this work because like all eyes and ears are on us. If well, Bill Parcells left because Jerry Jones signed T.O., that lets me know that this is not all Jason Kidd's fault. Right. Like, you can't, you can't, can't cook like for me when I buy the groceries. I, I got fired from a restaurant and they were going to put me in another restaurant and it didn't work out because the other manager was like, ah, I don't know if I want that problem. Same kind of thing. Yeah. You don't want that problem. Is it the manager's fault? Right. If you stick him in there and it doesn't work? Yeah. That's true. I mean, so the whole basis of your argument was that you were going, you were assuming that Kyrie Irving was going to be self-aware enough to change Kyrie Irving. I wouldn't say change, but to adjust a little bit, to be able to say, okay, I have another like bona fide, like there's another bona fide star that I'm joining. Like, like, like he's, he's one and I'm two, not he's one and I'm one A. There's not enough basketball for those two to be on the same court. No. Right. And and I guess my question is, I mean, this season was toast. They've completely shit on themselves for this season. Where do they go from here? 
You have to trade Kyrie. Well, tra- Kyrie's only got one year left in that contract, doesn't he? I think he's a free agent after this year. Yeah, I think yeah. He's a free agent. Bye. Yeah. Just walk. You let him go. Walk. Then you got some cap space and you can go after somebody or something. Anything else but this. Exactly. If I'm the Mavericks, I'm looking at Brooklyn and I'm looking at Macau Bridges. Him and Luca, I think they'll be solid together. Shit. I'm not sure Nets are gonna come off in that easy. Yeah, no. yeah, I don't think so either. But if I could, because I think I think Macau Bridges, I think. I think he has one more year. I think he has one more year. They got that dude. They got Cam Johnson too, right? Yep, they got Cam Johnson. Name? Like, I mean, those are that's and 50, Cam Thomas. That's fifty. That's what I meant, Cam Thomas. Yeah, you got Cam Thomas. They got just between those two guys. That's anywhere between fifty and eighty points a game. Yep. Uh, Bridges is signed through twenty twenty six. Oh, oh, so he's not going anywhere. They're going to. They're probably no, going to extend him. Yeah. You know, the New Jersey Nets might be in one of the better situations Brooklyn, in the league right Brooklyn. now. Brooklyn, whatever. <laughs> We're old. Get relevant. Get relevant, and I'll give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you bring up a good point about Kyrie. Okay, it, had Draymond not kicked LeBron in the nuts, Golden State probably wins that series in five. Yep. Kyrie's not Kyrie anymore. He doesn't hit the game when he shot. He doesn't go on that tear, you know, to to basically win the series with LeBron. So he doesn't have a championship. And his playoff career after that series has been, to BJ's point, irrelevant. Right. So here's here's the problem with Kyrie. Kyrie's like any of these hard drugs, fentanyl, heroin, or cocaine. Supremely fucking talented. But once he gets on the team, you're you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> you are in a lot of trouble. And and he's a free agent this year, as we said. There aren't many teams that will want him now. No. I mean, there's only so many times that a divorcee can can you know go through a marriages you know five six seven times ago. The problem might be me. Right. Look, right. you know how this goes. Talent wins out in sports. He might not get the same numbers he's used to, but there's some dumbass desperate <laughs> team that's going to sign him to some kind of contract. Like yeah. after after the Hawks lose Trey Young or something, it's gonna be something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But but the the top teams like the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, like uh, like he's not gonna go to a playoff teams, team. He's yeah, not he's not gonna go to a playoff, playoff team. team. Yeah, no. Yeah, it has I mean, to be fringe, fringe or below, fringe or lottery. Yeah, he he might go to Portland, maybe. Um. Charlotte. I don't know if Dane would want him though. You think Luca wants him? You think Luca wants him? See how that works, <laughs> right. Think, right? Did Bill want? Did Bill want To? No. no, no. But I don't see. I don't see Portland. I think Portland is competent enough to say hmm, no thanks. Now the Orlando Magic, on the other hand, really, the the people that let CJ McCollum walk traded him. For I think, who did they trade him for? Uh, uh, Basically, a wet bag of nickels. Just like a box of popcorn <laughs> or something. <laughs> but I think I think CJ McCullum was probably getting him leaving because he was like, "Yeah, I like playing with uh, Dame, but I'm just as good as he is." Also, so okay, so the CJ McCollum that, trade that's, that's been proven wrong. Okay, the CJ McCollum yeah. trade: CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., Tony Snell were mm-hmm. traded for Josh Hart, Thomas Satoski, Nikel mm-hmm. Alexander Walker, Didi Luzuda. A first round draft pick and two seconds. 
Oh, wow. That's I'd rather have the bag of nickels. There might be one <laughs> valuable nickel in there if I dug through them and checked all the states. <laughs> Josh Hart, I think he's the only one that's playing out of the, out of the trade for those. Yeah, and, and we're we're talking about a role player. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Damn. I don't see. I, I think once Kyrie becomes a free agent, I think he's going to get Westbrook. Like no, I, I don't think the team's going to going to jump on him right away. It's it's probably he probably won't sign to a team. Just my opinion until like. Maybe the All Star break or something. Somebody make uh, he has to take an injury for somebody to take a chance on him because they're way, seeing it. By, by the way, not not to back up, Josh mm-hmm. Hart's not even playing for Portland anymore. No, um, he's been in New York. Pick. Yeah, he's yeah, he's been yeah. because Brunson was excited to get him because they're Villanova teammates. That's right. Oh, and speaking of the Knicks, who is the the dude that wanted like eighty million dollars that didn't score a point against the Magic? Uh, um, well, uh. Mitchell. Mitchell Robinson? Or was Center. It? Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. Center. I'm sorry. He scored two points. <laughs> Wanted $80 million, played 31 minutes, took one shot. He saw what points. happened to Rudy Gobert, and he said, why can't it happen to me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. That center position is just starved for talent. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they got Embiid in here talking about he's the most skilled center ever. Shit, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I'll bring an insured Akeem Olajuwon. He'll whip your ass for a solid 15 minutes. Yep. Right now. Dude, let, <laughs> let him run around, get his knees loose, mm-hmm. get his back loose, exactly. stretch a little bit. Uh, are you talking Hakeem in his prime or Hakeem like today? Right I think now, both tonight. <laughs> tonight, I'm talking about letting Hakeem stretch, getting him insure, get him a protein bar, let him, let him warm up, get loose, some icy hot on the side, ready to go, yeah. and work his ass right on the baseline. Exactly. Put him in the spin yeah. cycle. I know. Yeah. Akeem in his prime, nobody's touching him. Dude, not even Shaq in his prime touched Akeem. At all. And I don't know what Embiid thinks he saw in Shaquille O'Neal that makes Shaq makes him think Shaq would not destroy him. Yeah. A young Shaq? Um, no, I'm talking about the 340-pound monster in L.A. Oh, yeah. There's, there, yeah. there's no. Peak, peak Shaq. I'm not talking about 280. 289, 290 Shaq in Orlando. I'm talking 345 coming down the court, shoving you into the bleachers, dunking on you. Exactly. Peak Shaq, Shaq would make Embiid cry. Yeah. Like there oh, would yeah. literally be tears. Yeah. Or send, him, or send him deeper into delusion. Right. He got lucky. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what lucky feels he like. He got lucky would put his balls in your face. Exactly. Oh, remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but remember back in like the mid- 2000s when they said that the best player to guard Shaq was John Amici. Do you remember that from the Magic? Like Shaq had the least amount of points against John Amici. Well, I mean, everybody's got their boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> like Shaq had the hardest time guarding Big Country Reeves. He's he's mentioned that in an interview. Yeah. 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 Big Country had that 17 footer that was you leave him open. It was wet. I know. That makes me think Shaq couldn't play now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if a 17 footer is killing you, what's that 20 footer gonna do? Right. <laughs> exactly. Man. Um that's yeah. the thing about Shaq, he's just gonna take you down to the other end and beat you to dust. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like, I mean, I know people say, well, Shaq couldn't play in today's game because he couldn't play defense. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. One, you aren't driving to the basket. No. I mean, like if he he didn't let Vince Carter dunk on him, what's that tell you? 
Yeah, it, exactly. He he may not switch on the screens. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So be- before we kind of get off to the fun stuff, I do want to mention the Lamar Jackson stuff. What's mm-hmm. going on with that? Um, yeah. I don't know who he's playing for next year. He neither does he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I know it came out that he requested a trade earlier this month. Yeah. And the fact that he's saying it now that he requested it back in back on May second or May fourth or March fourth. March fourth. Yeah. Uh, it tells me that no one wants them and i don't understand why either no one wants it or no one wants to wants to give what baltimore's asking for i think it's the latter yeah you don't think there's any type of collusion going on though no hmm. i think i think baltimore knows that they they have him over a barrel okay because he's still technically under contract why were the falcons not interested in him I see. I think they are. I don't think they're willing to give up what Baltimore's asking. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the Commanders was uh, interesting in too. Uh, I, I want to say the Panthers were, but yeah, all the up. reports, all the reports were coming out. The people are interested in them, and they were all ended on the same day. Yeah. I'm not saying there's not collusion. I'm not going that far. I don't. It, you're telling me a bunch of plantation owners wouldn't get together to teach somebody a lesson? Shit. <laughs> fucking, this is what this whole fucking country's built on. You're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like follow suit or else. Well, yeah. you, you think it's a response to Deshaun Watson? It's setting the market is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's teaching, it's teaching everybody else a lesson. Don't you dare step out of line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to come here without an agent? And talk to us like this, you are right. crazy. You better right. get another white man to represent you. Yeah. Hey, I, I told you last week, BJ, that if he had Drew Rosenhaus as his agent, this would be solved. Yeah. He would, well, he would definitely be Miami. I also believe because that'd be talking sense on both sides. Yes. He'd be yeah. talking to the, he'd be able to straighten Lamar out and the team out. I think that's one of the Drew Rosenhaus's best skills. Right. It's like, look, you're going to have to do this, bud. You're going to have to deal with some shit. Right. And the team's going to be like, look, you're going to you're gonna have to pay him. Yeah, and that's the benefit of having an agent and not having your father represent you or you representing yourself is you you have somebody that can just go shut the fuck up this is the way it's going to be and then you got a guy like laramie tunsil who doesn't have an agent and just set the market for life tackles yeah sometimes talents wins out as as someone once said and what are we talking about with lamar jackson isn't he like 45 and 16 as a starter something like that and again, I go back to my thing is Lamar needs a specific type of offense to be super successful. But but that doesn't matter. It does, I mean, all that is is a schematic thing. We've talked about this for the last two weeks that we've had a show. Mm-hmm. It's just a schematic thing. That doesn't matter. If you can't provide a scheme for your players, what the fuck are you doing in this business? Right. It's not again, a big deal. Yeah. He, could, he should... Lamar Jackson should be able to go to any team that should be able to provide him for a roadmap to success. If they can't do that, they're probably one of the last four or five teams in the league. Mm-hmm. No. Which and the there's team, a reason for that. The, te- the teams that, that you guys brought up that would have interest in him are the bottom four or five teams in the league. Shit. Yeah, maybe by record. The Panthers are not a terrible franchise, and I'm pretty sure that they'd be able to put a, a um, Frank Wright could put an offense around him. Yeah, the Falcons have a running game that exists. 
adding Lamar Jackson to that would cause multiple problems in a division that's winnable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. replacing Kyler Murray with Lamar Jackson would start a fire in the, in the NFC West. Yeah. Yeah. And it probably could stop uh, DeAndre Hopkins for wanting to get the hell out of there too. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the NFC, NFC West, um, what happened with Brock Purdy? I thought he had like Tommy John surgery and was out for the entire season. Isn't that like what happened? I, I'm hearing reports he's going to be ready for training camp. All right, I'm going to go with the 2004 joke, and if if nobody likes it, just eat a dick. <laughs> he drank from the same fountain that Magic Johnson did, or something. I don't know what the hell he did. <laughs> he must have had some of the baby embryos from Mexico. Yeah, or maybe uh, if you let uh, some people say it, maybe maybe he took some of that LeBron James juice. He went to. You need to be, you need to be more specific with your phrasing. <laughs> He's not Brian Windhorst. Yeah, I know. I was like, there is no LeBron James juice left. Brian Wind, if you haven't noticed, Brian Windhorst drank all of it. <laughs> the fucking potato with a microphone. <laughs> oh shit. But, um hey, see I what mean, you missed being gone. I knew, right? God, I missed it. Um, but I mean, good news for the 49ers. I mean, you know, Brock Purdy coming in. Well, their officers are what? Though? Sam Darnold or Trey Lance? I know, guys, but we know how this goes. Once the NFL gets about seven or eight games of film on you, shit changes. So true. now we are going to find out whether Brock Purdy can adjust and move right. forward or That's if true. Brock Purdy is just going to be that band-aid that he could possibly be. So, like, so pretty much, is he going to excel? Or is he going to be a? Uh, is he going to excel, or is he, or is he going to be exposed? I mean, you said it's he's the Kirk Cousins of the West. That remains to be seen. Yep. No people like Brock Purdy. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. If, interesting story. After the same amount of games in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins is a far better quarterback than Dante Culpepper was. Statistically, mm-hmm. wins, touchdowns, completions, complete percentage, all that yards. I mean, there were talks of uh, outside of uh, 75 bomb that Cole Pepper can throw. They said that he was an okay quarterback. Well, I mean, let's be honest, just throwing a Chris Carter and Randy Moss to start your career, yeah, makes it pretty easy. Just and throw it, Jake Reed, their tight end. Throw yep. that, throw in that area, that, just that area down there. Like, throw it on that third of the field display. I mean, there was there was a reason why they made the NFC Championship game. They had Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed, and Robert Smith. Yeah, I mean, that receiving yeah. core made Randall Cunningham look like he could have played five more years. Yeah, yeah, he was just chucking it up, and Randy Moss was just catching everything. So yeah. we're gonna we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in, in just a minute. One more Sandlot Sports, just follow us on Facebook at Sandlot Sports or on Twitter at Sandlot Sports21. <laughs> 